Well, on this International Women's Day, we're going to head to Ukraine. The city of Kharkiv is Ukraine's second largest, just a 40-minute drive from the Russian border. Russian troops were in there almost or almost there instantly the day of the invasion. They've been stuck there ever since. It's still under Ukrainian control, but it has been a main target for Russia since the outset of the invasion nearly two weeks ago. As destruction has rained down on the city, an estimated 600,000 people have fled the city of 1.5 million. One of them is Svetlana Prostupa, the 26-year-old English teacher who we spoke to last week. We spoke uh, to her again. We've been communicating with her regularly to make sure she's okay. When we spoke to her originally, she was holed up in her 16th floor apartment with her mom and her sister lying on the floor as shelling was going on. Well, we now know that she says, quote, my family and I have successfully made our first step. We relocated to a city which is close to Kharkiv. We are going to spend a couple of days here, cool down and make a decision about what to do next. We are all safe. So happy to hear that tonight for Svetlana Prostupa. But nearly a million people remain in Kharkiv. And my next guest is one of them. Every day, Maria Avleva takes to the streets with her camera phone to document the destruction. Hi there, this is Maria Avdeva from Kharkiv, Ukraine. I am standing in front of the main administrative building, which was hit by Russian rocket several days ago. But we still have Ukrainian flags here, because Ukraine and Kharkiv are fighting. So why does Maria Avdeva do this every day? Well, it's to show the world what is happening there. There are very few foreign journalists left, very few people documenting what's happening in Kharkiv. It's simply too dangerous. But Maria Avdieva goes out every morning, as I mentioned, and, and films these scenes of the destruction and then talks about them, shows people around her city and what it looks like now. Again, to show the world evidence that Russia is targeting civilians, targeting buildings where people live, targeting places where people gather. Here she is again today. Hello, friend. This is Maria Avdeva from Kharkiv, Ukraine. Today is the 8th of March, and I came today to one of the residential areas Putin and his cronies claim they do not bombard. Now you would see behind me that the whole district, the whole area is completely destroyed. The houses are in ruins. There is no electricity, no heating, no water in the nearby houses. I don't know when people will be, will be able to return here. Well, we just had to find out more about Maria and why she does what she does. So joining me now from Kharkiv is Maria Avdieva, founder and research director at the European Expert Association, a disinformation expert on Russia, and of course, these days, a Kharkiv resident. Maria, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. Tell me a bit about, we're seeing so many images from Kharkiv, including the ones that you've been sharing online. What is the, what is the current situation there now as far as the, the attacks are concerned and the destruction? Yeah, so it is the, the 12th day uh, since the war started, and now people here live, uh, if we, when you would speak to them in the period when, was it already the war or before war? So that uh, that that point when the war started was like a major uh, line for people in Kharkiv and throughout Ukraine. So through this period, Kharkiv was under shellings from uh, Grad rocket systems, and then also uh, uh, probably five days ago, uh, the bombardment of the residential area started, and uh, that was uh, what was most threatening because. Uh, 
uh, people were left without the, their apartments and without the necessities and the the, uh, the infrastructure, critical infrastructure was also targeted by these bombardments, meaning that uh, some houses are now without heating, without electricity, without water supplies. And that means that many people tried to flee Kharkiv and go to Western mm. Ukraine or, or somewhere abroad. And uh, it was very hard to do because uh, there was no safe road and still there is no safe road, no green corridor. So mm -hmm. when you are moving in your car somewhere out of Kharkiv, you might become an easy target for for Russian missile. Uh, and uh, that is why, and also there is no fuel. So it is very hard to, uh, to find any petroleum here in the city. So even if you have a car, there is no possibility to for you to to fuel it and uh, there is no transportation as well so for most people the only way out was the uh, railway right. and uh, th there were huge amounts of uh, thousands uh, of people on the railway station trying to to be evacuated from Kharkiv and it was really difficult because the capacities were apparently not enough for this number of uh, Kharkiv residents and today we've got report that generally for this period since uh, 12th of March since the war started uh, 600,000 people were evacuated from Kharkiv but that means if Kharkiv is one and a half million city that another 900,000 are still in the city so that's a lot of people and right. people are facing food shortages uh, and uh, there are no supplies, or no, not enough supplies of, uh, of medicines and uh, the water supplies. So uh, it, it is uh, very hard to, to live in such conditions for a long period of time, especially for elderly, for people with disabilities, for people with uh, families with children who are hiding for, for almost two weeks now somewhere in basements or in the shelters. So, of course, you would see the city devastated and destroyed uh, areas and uh, no one is on the street. People stay inside. Of course, it is heartbreaking to see Kharkiv like this. And you've been documenting what it looks like. I noticed from the videos that you shot in different parts of, of your city. Of course, you're, you're almost always alone. You're almost always walking alone. What is it like to walk through your city now? Yes, it is almost never uh, any people outside. You would see people only uh, in the morning standing in lines in front of the shops because it's uh, almost uh, not possible to get inside and uh, you will only find what is available for today, for example, bread and some cereals uh, on the table before the shop and that's the only way how you can buy that. Uh, and uh, so there will be people in such places and uh, Throughout the city, there will be no one. And when you walk, uh, you kind of try not to be uh, on the open space. And uh, every minute you are looking for, for some kind of shelter. So if the shelling starts, you will be able to, 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 uh, to go and uh, hide somewhere. And, uh, of course, the city center, which was always lively area with many uh, cafes open and people, so a lot of people walking there with their families and children to see it like now like this, deserted. It's uh, very, well, it is very hard to, to, to watch and to see Kharkiv like that. 
but I try uh, to go uh, as far as I can because I can only walk and uh, um, make videos and show the world of the war crimes committed uh, by Putin here because uh, Russia denies this war crime. They deny they are killing civilians. They deny they are bombarding residential areas. They call this war special military operation. They hide the number of losses and uh, hide the number of uh, of losses of uh, vehicles and personnel and also generally the situation uh, here in Ukraine. And that is why I think this is what, very important to, to show people uh, around the world what is actually happening here. Because Maria, I gather every morning or afternoon, you, you go outside, you leave your place and you go out into the streets and, and you take these videos. How did you come up with the idea and, and how, how, how scared are you when you're out there? Well, it was kind of uh, mostly accidental because I, for, before that, I just didn't have a very, uh, uh, didn't have a, a very uh, active and uh, presence on social media. Uh, and used it mostly for communication with my friends. But then uh, when I am researching Russian disinformation, and at the very moment uh, the war started, I saw that a huge wave of disinformation spreading, not only in Russian sources, but Russia tries to spread this kind of messages throughout international media, claiming that this is not a uh, this is uh, some kind of conflict. It's not a war. They are not bombarding everyone, and uh, uh, they are not destroying the buildings. Only hitting the military, uh, military equipment and military facilities. And this is complete lies. And the only way to show that someone is lying is uh, to show the evidence, the the concrete uh, videos and footages of what is really happening. Uh, they still claim that this is fabricated, so people would come to my Twitter account and post messages that it is not true and that is all uh, staged and things like that. But I, of course, have evidences like on my phone, and uh, I can prove that. And uh, for any you know forensics uh, expert will say that these are that these are real videos, uh, and I, we need to collect as many. Uh, as many videos as possible, and I want to also to create initiative to ask people to send them to a special like account where they will be uh, held because we will need them afterwards. There is already a uh, a case in Hague on on the war crimes committed by Russia, and I really want to see those who who did this those who gave orders for these uh, bombardments of uh, civilians and residential areas to sit in the court and to be punished for what they have done in Ukraine. So this is your way of fighting back, obviously. And and there are still people, even when you walk through the destroyed remnants of different neighborhoods in Kharkiv, there are still people claiming that yeah, it's not true. Yeah, there are. Uh, yeah, so uh, there, there still there are people who who would come and uh, and say that this is not true. But all Russian propaganda machine now is working for that. So they twenty four seven spread huge amount of disinformation. I have never seen that before. Started uh, trying to cover everything up, to hide everything to claim that it is not happening. But it is not possible to do now because everyone has a camera, iPhone, uh, I don't know, uh, just uh, any device that could be used 
to fix and to uh, uh, video uh, uh, what is to shoot what is happening actually and there is no way you can go and hide uh, the truth now but they try I'm speaking with Maria Avdieva, founder and researcher of the European Expert Association, a disinformation expert and a Kharkiv resident right now documenting the destruction of her city by Russian shelling, including of civilian areas. Uh, right after this, I wanted to ask you, Maria, more about, uh, about what lies ahead, how long you will stay, um, and how important fighting back Putin is for the rest of the world, because you've talked about this a lot. We'll be back with that in just a bit. I'm back with Maria Avdieva, founder and researcher of the European Expert Association, a disinformation expert, a long student of Russian disinformation, and right now a Kharkiv resident documenting, because there are so few people there right now, so few foreign journalists there as well, documenting for the rest of the world what's happened to her city, uh, and telling me that, of course, even though she walks around her city each day taking these images of the destruction, she's still getting uh, people on her social media accusing her of lying. Um, and how important it is to use information as a weapon to make sure that Russia is held to account for what's happened there. What will you, I mean, how different is it? How long can the city sustain itself now with 900,000 people there and supplies in increasingly uh, short availability? It is hard to, to say exactly because we have an example of Mariupol, uh, another Ukrainian city which is surrounded completely by Russian troops and the situation there is just critical because uh, uh, Russia blockades the city, there is no possibility to leave it and people are stuck inside and there are no supplies of anything and the mayor of uh, Mariupol asks all the time for, for any kind of green corridor, but Russia every day they uh, would say that yes, we are we are doing this, but then the shelling continues, the bombardment continues, and people cannot leave Mariupol. So uh, I think that the Russian plan might be the same here as well. So what they will try to do is they will try to encircle the city and uh, like blockade it from all 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 the. Uh, all the parts, but uh, Kharkiv is much more larger than Mariupol, and uh, I suppose that it is it will be difficult, and also Ukrainian military are fighting back very effectively. There's sanctions coming in today. The U.S. announced they're, they're boycotting Russian oil exports, or imports rather. You're hearing lots of good words, you're seeing sanctions, but that doesn't really help you right away on the, where you are, does it? Yeah, sanctions are really great and we are thankful to all the countries and especially uh, the United States and Canada and Britain who supply us with, with all the defensive weapons and uh, uh, now are united on, on the sanctions that will hurt and are hurting Russian economy and are uh, so so will cre- create a very difficult situation for Russia to survive this economic crisis crisis they are now facing. But it is uh, it will work in some kind of middle term or long term perspective. And for for now, it doesn't stop Russia from from bombarding Ukraine and uh, from uh, targeting Ukrainian uh, cities. And that is why 
what Ukraine asks now is to close the sky above Ukraine. It means that uh, the, the, the sky will be closed and Russia won't be able to use air fighters uh, in, in Ukrainian uh, air, air sky. So that is very important. But uh, uh, I, I think that I, we have heard today good news in this, uh, in this direction as well. So that possibly it will be not uh, throughout Ukraine, but there will be some areas where there they will be guaranteed uh, uh, that the um, the safety of the sky will be uh, supported by uh, by our partners and allies. Right. Will you stay and continue to make these videos? I want to stay as much as I can because this is my home. I feel that I belong here. I don't want to go anywhere and run from. Uh, Russian invaders. It's like uh, when you live in your home peacefully and you have plans for the future and you know uh, you have everything set up and then the robber comes into your house. And uh, for me, the, the re- the, uh, my reaction would be fight with him, not to run away. And that is mm-hmm. what my, uh, I am doing right now. I, I fight as I can, uh, reveal information and help with, with everything I can to do here right, uh, right at this moment. But then, of course, I, I completely understand that at some point, living in the city might become uh, impossible because, for example, if there will be no heating or no electricity and uh, there's the only possibility will be hiding in the basement, then, of course, it, well, at some moment, uh, I will probably need to relocate somewhere. But generally, I do not want to leave Ukraine in these difficult times because we see President Zelensky, you know, in Bankova Street, in his office every evening, he is not going out of Kyiv, but and and Kyiv is also under constant bombardments and under shellings. And many other Ukrainians are still here protecting and defending their homes because it is what we feel we need to do now. Maria Avdeeva, thank you so much for your videos, for keeping the rest of the world informed about what's happening in your city. And stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for, for having me.